0: Hey,
1: friends and family, welcome to the show. Pandemonium Reigns. Glad to be back in your ears, tickling them things. It's been a minute. Life happens. We have real jobs. Um, so, what would be awesome because we have real jobs if you just press like and subscribe? If you just did us a solid. So do us a solid. Yeah, almost
0: it's almost as good as real money in our pockets. It's it's just right there next to it.
1: It is. It's very equivalent to the Nintendo 64 Christmas 1998.
0: Exactly. Um, yeah. And also, you know, those, those that say no offseason, I beg to differ. July sucked. There was nothing. I can get with no offseason, you know, when recruiting is just wild and there's other sports, but there's an off season for us fans, even if we're not casuals. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't much to talk about, but the boys are on the practice field.
1: Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So is this officially an orange cast? This is an orange cast, right? Oh,
0: yes, Yeser, yes, sir, it is
1: orange cast city. So at this point, the time of this recording, volunteers
0: have had one practice. One practice, two probably ongoing, I think, probably inside. It sounds like it's a little rainy up that way today, up in God's country.
1: (laughs) Yes. So, we're going to talk Tennessee. Morgan Wallen talking Tennessee. Cue the Mm. song. Uh, We're going to walk through the schedule. We're going to talk best case scenario, worst case. We're going to talk ceiling. We're going to talk floor. We're going to do a little bit more in regard to Tennessee as well because – Tennessee, and we can. Yes, our show. This is our show. Thanks for joining. Hit like. So we're also going to talk about um, maybe what position group is a liability. What person? What what player or position is a security? You know, we got Mm -hmm. a lot of confidence, and we know that we can rely on this unit or this this individual, whatever. Um, But Mike has got some stuff going on in his head. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit before we get into the schedule. Yeah, uh, and this will
0: play right into it for sure. I mean, this is gonna it's gonna be you know this is gonna determine Tennessee's floor and ceiling is what it's gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um, that secondary position, man, all of them, safeties and corners. You know, star. I feel pretty pretty sure like that's gonna be Tamarian McDonald, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's gonna be him. Who the flip is getting left out though at the cornerback position? what two safeties are going to break through because, you know, we've been rotating and we've been injured and we've been bad at corner and and not great at safety. But it's been Trayvon Flowers and Jalen McCullough at safety. I mean, Flowers is gone. McCullough is back. It sounds like he's the loudest voice on the defense from anybody that you listen to. He's the – goodness, he's the grandfather leader of the the secondary and probably the whole defense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got a vacancy at a safety spot. We just said that. You've got Warren Burrell coming back from injury, who's been here equally as long, maybe longer than Jalen McCullough. Uh, you've got Kamal Haddon back. Um, you've got all these newcomers. I mean, think about all the newcomers. you got you got a transfer and Gabe Judy Lawley at uh, the cornerback position. Who? Why would you bring him in if, you're, if yeah. you don't think that he can replace somebody? Why mm-hmm. do you bring a guy like that in who's been at multiple stops? Um, you know what I mean? So – who gets left out? In in my mind, it sounds like Danico Slaughter. From anybody again that you listen to, anything that you read, sounds like he's staying at the cornerback position. Seems like he's so versatile that you know you don't see a lot uh, a guy start at safety and then become a corner, or or really vice versa. You you could see a corner go to safety, probably more so. But I mean, it doesn't seem to me to me like he's someone the way he was playing when he was healthy and he was at his best that he would be someone that would get left out. So. Who's that other corner spot? I mean, you've got at least at least three guys that have been here or have played college football that I named in Burrell, Haddon, and Judy Lally, whose name is gonna be really fun uh, to say. But I mean, who gets left out? Is it is it Danico Slaughter? Who who gets left out at corner?
1: I just think it's funny how different this conversation is going into this season than it was last year. And it was basically the question was, who's gonna play corner? Who do we have? Yeah. And now we have all I these mean, bodies. Yeah
0: think about our reaction, us two, you especially knowing Christian Charles and having haven't, haven't been with him down there in, in, you know, if Knoxville's the Lord's country, then we're not even going to talk about where you're at. But um, <laughs> but you've been around that guy, and when he when he was going to play a corner, we were like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, seriously, not that he yeah. couldn't do it, not that it's yeah. never been done, but like, yeah. we were like, what? Yeah, so we were special. really, really thin. That's how thin we were. Look at the linebacker position. We had freaking – long snappers and and walk-ons playing linebacker in year one of this era that's totally different as well but they're they've not been so feast or famine and and much more famine as the secondary in the cornerback in the position has been so like I, I just I'll be fascinated to see who is going to be those first few drives of the season and as that game goes if we get up I mean who's it going to be
1: if this game is played on Saturday, I would expect a lot like we got last year with a rotating of corners, you know, this corner of these – or this set of corners is getting this drive and so forth and so on. However, there uh, – so I, I'm with you. I think that Judy Lally is going to be one just because of experience in the SEC, right, started out at Vanderbilt, experience overall coming from BYU. It. Why would he come here with – I don't know. Yeah, You get what I'm saying. So – yeah. Looking at this other spot, yes, Danico, everything that you said about him, uh, I think a name that we're forgetting is Turnage,
0: yeah. who Turnage.
1: showed some flashes, who was extremely aggressive when he was in. And if we were a 2018 to 2020 type offense under that Pruitt-Jim Cheney stuff, I would say our corners better not be biting the way that they are. Yeah, but knowing that we can score points the way that we can, I'm much more okay with the aggressiveness yeah. out of the corner spot. So I like Turnage, I like I like Nico. Uh, other names that we're not mentioning: uh, Christian Harrison. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: the guys that were freshmen last year that yeah. didn't necessarily break through. Not to mention the you know the big three that you brought in this year of of Matthews, Gibson, Conyer. You know yeah. those guys you brought in. If those guys break through, then like forget the worst case, forget the floor, because if a freshman breaks through, then that's a whole new potential that's unlocked for Tennessee. But like, yeah, yeah like the guys you're saying, the, the freshmen from last year that if, you know, again, it, it, it's almost like if one of those guys breaks through, if a second, if a cornerback spot gets absolutely locked down, then the mm-hmm. floor, it just, I mean, the floor is just, it's spick and spam man. it's clean. The mm-hmm. floor is so high.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, yeah. So there's so many guys that it could be,
1: Mm-hmm. What interests me more is the other safety spot than the other corner spot. Just because Tim Banks was so hung on Trayvon and Tank. Yeah, he was. We were up 40, we were down seven. It was Trayvon and Tank. It could have been the opening possession, it could have been the last possession. It was Trayvon and Tank. Yeah. We rotated those corners like nobody's business, but it was, it was constantly those two guys. So if, if, if it's a Christian Charles, at That other safety spot, if it's a Wesley Walker, I'm going to be under the impression after that first drive that it's going to continue to be him, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, so, it, it like I, last year was the perfect example of what you're saying. The pick game, it was like I think Christian Charles started that game at corner, and then it was Burrell and it was Haddon until Burrell got hurt in that game, yeah. which was late anyway, so it's not like he was getting you know pulled. Um, yeah. it don't you know. It, It takes me back to Missouri in 2021 when Christian Charles had the opportunity for the pick. He was playing with a cast, obviously. But it's like, how was he in that game? Was was Flowers or McCullough nicked up? Because he got time at safety as a freshman. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. It's like the guys that, that get in the game at safety, I would be shocked if they don't remain in the game at safety. And also, based on commentary that you hear, based on things that you read, it would be surprising to me if it's not Wesley Walker. He gets a lot of that talk like you brought him in. People think he should have played more last year. Why wasn't he? You know, yeah. that's the that's the kind of thing around him. But there's yeah. a, again a lot of competition. You know, there are multiple freshmen there. Uh, there's at least one sophomore there. There's Christian Charles who's been around the block. Tarrantine, who transferred in, who I think might have one of the highest ceilings of of anybody back there. Um, there's a lot of bodies and a lot of yeah. opportunity.
1: Yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, so let's continue this conversation as we get into the the schedule a little bit. We've already spent yeah. a little bit of time right here talking about one <laughs> position group. Uh, I, I love that we're opening up in Nashville again on on this schedule. I think this is great for recruiting. Yeah, um, that's
0: really the 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 only plus, but it's so big that it kind of takes away some of the cons of so yeah, losing a home game.
1: I mean, it is for lack of a better words, an extended home game. I mean, that's, exactly. It's, it's yeah. gonna it's going to be clad in orange. All right. Yeah. yeah. Even if there's a lot of Virginia fans, their secondary color is <laughs> yeah. orange. So,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like anything about Virginia. This is a dub.
0: Oh yeah, it's a dub. I mean, they were picked to finish last, and frankly, if they don't finish around the bottom of the ACC, then congrats to Elliot. But yeah. you know, when when you look at him being the other contender for the job when Hopper was hired, I mean, I think we've seen the reasons, and and we're thankful for for the obviously more than thankful that he wasn't. There's there's not much to like there. There's not much experience. Definitely not much explosion. Mm-hmm. Dub. 28-point yeah. favorites. I mean, you're 28-point favorites in a Power 5 game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Love it. Austin P. returning to Neyland Stadium for the first time since August 31st, 2013. Butch Jones' very first game <laughs> as, yeah, the Tennessee head coach.
0: Do they get revenge? They do not. I, I think they don't. Yeah, I agree. I think they do not. Dub. Uh, all right, then we travel down to Florida. Okay.
1: This is where I want to talk about. So you mentioned secondary. I want to mention the offensive line here. Okay. Because I think the, the offensive line is extremely crucial in this game. Yes. I think that where they're going to have to set a tone. It's not, I went on TikTok and Instagram going into the Bama game last year. I said, listen, the offensive line will either win this game or they'll lose it for us. If they can buy us time, I think we can win this game. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that's the case of Florida. What I am saying is that when it comes time to play Florida, we're going to know who the offensive line is. Or yes. you know, midway through the half, we're going to know who they are, what they're capable of, uh, what can be achieved. Um, if I think if we can establish a steady, solid game on the ground, I really like our chances. I like our chances now, but I think they extend even more. Can the offensive line set a tone? Can 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 our veterans and Cooper Mays and Spraggins um, um, own, own the, own the trenches, set tones, bully ball, put the ball in the end zone, you know, fourth and one. All right. We're going in the a gap. Yeah. I believe in Cooper Mays. I believe in Spragans. Boom. Done. Give him six. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, hundred percent agree with you. This is where in, and, and y'all have a minor question along the offensive line of, of just the personnel, not the the low the lows that you've seen in the secondary. I just have personnel questions of like excitement really who who's who's it gonna be at the at the starting five mm-hmm. offensive line? We know we know Cooper, we know Spraggins, there's no questions there. We you know, there's like three options for the tackle position, so it's gonna be two of three guys and maybe yeah. even all three guys like we saw last year when you think about yeah. left tackle. Uh, really left guard is the only variable. So I'll be really interested to see who breaks through, who's gonna have Who's going to try to continue what was done last year? Because that was some of the best offensive line play that we've seen in a decade uh, last year. So who's going to continue that? Also, want to add in that it was a major question mark for us last year, losing Cade Mays, all mm-hmm. the things that was our that was one of our biggest question marks entering the season, mm-hmm. uh, right up there with defense. You know, because of how, how it played out.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, I mean that that's absolutely it. Can we? Can we? I'm, I'm assuming, but you know, can we pass enough to make them respect that? Uh, mm-hmm. Coming into the game, surely we can against Virginia and Austin P. So, surely. can we execute on the ground? Can Joe execute on the road? They did make it a night game, so we'll get the we'll get the best that they have to offer, uh, which we probably would have if it was played in you know four in the morning. But I don't know what their best is to offer down in Gainesville this year.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, are you talking about just like the the best that that stadium has to offer as a whole? I think we'll
0: get. I think we'll get. I think we'll get the best. 2023 version of what they can offer. Okay. Okay. It'll be early season. You know, it'll be it'll be it'll be tough for them if they're if they lose to Utah, really. Uh they're not they're not yeah. used even as as down as they've been, they've kind of started this the cycle of the vicious cycle of replacing coaches, hiring and firing. Mm-hmm. If they lose that game, that's gonna be something they're not really used to. They usually walk into the Tennessee game pretty unscathed. They don't leave the state for non conference games this early. Right. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fishy really uh, for them, I think, if they lose that game. But Whatever they have the best to offer is for 2023. I think that's what we'll get. What the team yeah. does for Florida, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what the best is they can offer because I'm not real high on it. But yeah. but yeah, I think we'll get the best environment that they can offer in 2023. At least that early, obviously.
1: Okay. So do you have that as a?
0: I've got it as a W. Um, when I when I break down these lists that we've done, best case worst case, I usually look at it through a, optimi- you know an optimist view for that team. Obviously, we're looking at Tennessee. And then I try to look at it through a realistic view. What's going to happen? I've got it as a W, no matter which way you slice it in 2023. Mm-hmm. Do you, would
1: you would you perceive this game differently had we had lost the Alabama game and that and those things in uh, regards to that Tennessee-Bama game had never happened and our big win being beating Florida – would we would we be seeing this as a oh man, kind of like the way we're seeing it with South Carolina? South Carolina, uh, they're they're out to get us or the way excuse me, hang on, words, Florida's out to get us the way that we're out to get ten or out to get South Carolina this year. Would we be seeing that differently if maybe the Bama game had a different result?
0: Probably, you know, I think I think that heightens my view of Tennessee for sure, but it's really – and and, I, and this is like the exact opposite. I mean, you got Death Valley probably at the lowest that it had to offer in 2022, being an 11 a.m. local time kick. Yeah. But I viewed that game much more so because that's – you know, it's LSU. They had a great year after that. Um, we were their last loss into the SC Championship game. I mean, you know that's what wild. I mean? So, I view I it differently more so, I think, because of LSU. But, obviously, the Alabama win does heighten my expectations, my ceiling, all those things for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, but where I, are you at on? Are you where are you saying on it?
1: Um, I don't I, honestly. I don't know that it'd be much different just because of the overall perspective of Florida. They're just not in a good spot. They're not. So I, I'm now said this before and about these guys as well. So whatever. Yeah, uh, we're both three zero at this point. Uh then we're going to turn around and we're going to host UTSA. I think this is one of those games where and I, where I agree with JD Picale. He says, "Listen, you, this is probably a noon game. You're probably you you could turn this on, you know, if you're a casual or not a Tennessee fan and it's the end of the first or mid-second and it's close." Yeah. You know, we're sleepwalking. We went down to Gainesville, we got a big win, maybe it was close, whatever. Maybe maybe we blew them out and everybody's talking about. Oh my gosh, we have a streak on Florida. Yeah. You know, the 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 game is in the past, but we have not we have not moved it from the windshield to the river mirror. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we're going to lose this game. It's not what I'm saying, but they've got a they've got a, an incredible athlete at quarterback. Can't remember his name. He's a Frank stud. Harris. Frank Harris. There it is. However, I just don't know that it's enough. And I know that I know that athletic quarterbacks have caused monster programs, you know, losses before. Yeah. However, I would say that not that we're an exception. I would just say that if it comes down to that, I am. I'm confident we can outscore.
0: Yeah. A group five. Yeah, that's if, where if I'm at too. Like a shootout or something like that. Yeah, and I, you know, the Akron game was a night game last year. I would much. I. I Going along with with what you're saying, I would much rather this be a four o'clock kick or even a night game, full-on night game, so similar to Akron last year. Give me something just to to make sure the guys are awake. Now, they do play. They practice early. They play well early, historically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just their their kind of flow of how they do things. So, mm-hmm. I'm not real concerned. Frank Harris is is an exceptional, exceptional athlete. They did lose one of their most high-profile receivers to Ole Miss. Uh, Zakari – can't think of his last name – Zakari – might I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. lost a yeah. very high profile, one of their best receivers. I'll miss uh, via the portal. Uh, and Lane is the king of tampering talk, so imagine that. But uh, not too concerned, 4-0, handle business.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to lead us to hosting the Gamecocks.
0: Yes, it is. Now, let me ask you a question to start our our, our bit on the, uh, the Gamecocks off. Do you – have you – any reason to think that hopple keeps receipts or is a petty person, anything like that pop in your mind, any examples, uh, over history, you know, hanging points on anyone unnecessarily in the past or anything like that?
1: I don't know that I call him petty. I would also say that he, he might be a little more on the spurrier end as far as mindset goes like this. And this is the offense. Sorry. Um, Now, does he keep receipts? That wouldn't surprise me. The way that he's been burned, the way he was burned at Oklahoma.
0: There we go. Yes.
1: I think when that opportunity comes around, if he gets the chance, he might hang 200, if he has a chance,
0: right? now. And and I'm speaking to the points put on Missouri, which he was only the offensive coordinator there, but he wasn't, you know, obviously then the head coach when they had an opening. um, And he's put up 200 points over two years on Missouri. So, those are the things in my mind that tell yeah. me he's going to be out for however much blood he can collect on October the oh excuse me September the thirtieth.
1: Yeah, I would love to be a fly on the wall for that pregame talk before they hit the field. Man, me too. I would love to hear stuff like, "Let's do this one for Hinden." Yeah, you know uh, these guys ruined your chances last year. I mean, yeah. yes, yes, we. I mean, the game is played with two teams. Yeah, we also lost um, exactly. But I think if there's a chance, if there's a chance to do some damage here, it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah. you know, South Carolina, this this what I don't like about that is we don't have a lot of success in Columbia at night. Yeah. So that's a fact. I'd hate to turn around in 24, right, and just and repeat this same narrative.
0: Yes, yeah, and and we need to develop a streak on them and be done losing to, to programs like, like a South Carolina's been historically. I'm not when, – when I'm even – everything I've said since we talked about South Carolina, I'm not taking away from what they could be this year. They have a brutal opening to the season. They're going to need a win this day. They start with North Carolina. They could obviously win that game. I'm not saying that's a loss. They have Georgia in the early parts before Tennessee. They're going to need this win for their program to take steps. So I'm not taking away from them. I'm just saying, if Hopple gets the chance, he's going to be out for blood. Now, South Carolina returns a lot of what they had last year, not everything. They they replaced their coordinator, who they weren't happy with, who right. they they simplified things significantly. They, they took plays out of the book when they beat Tennessee and beat Clemson, and they hired Arkansas's tight end coach, who's been a mediocre coordinator before. So I have questions about South Carolina, but – I have this as a win in the column. There's too many factors. There's too much revenge uh, that can be had that day. Whether Tennessee's a contender this year or not, like they were last year, I don't think it matters when it's week five and the score was so lopsided last year. I mean, I think – I just think it – that part really doesn't matter. I mean, I think that – I think it's a win for Tennessee. I think it's a big bounce back.
1: Agreed. Agreed. They've lost a lot, like you said. Losing Marcus Lloyd, Jaheim Bell. They've got arguably the best receiver in the conference, maybe in the country. In Wells, yeah, in Wells, yeah, he's uh, up
0: there. He's up there.
1: Is that enough though? Not for me. Uh, Neyland will be on fire
0: that day. It will, and it will be as good as it can be for not Alabama, not Georgia. It will be as good as it can be. It will be probably like Ole Miss if it if it could approach that level of twenty twenty one. I think it will be. Burnt to the ground, whether yes. we win or lose. I think
1: agreed, agreed. That's going to lead into a bye week, and if we lose that game, that's going to be a long, long, a two long,
0: weeks. a long two weeks,
1: long two weeks. I do think we're capable of losing that game.
0: Yes, I think we're capable to be lost. Yeah. Don't think we
1: will, but I think we're capable. This is going to lead us after that bye week into hosting a And M. If we can get that win in South Carolina, this bye week comes at a, a really good time. I like it. Exactly. I like it placement yeah. uh, because of the bye week. I've got. I've got us leaning on a on a on a win here. However, yeah. our secondary versus Evan Stewart and Anaya Smith concerns me. Yeah, yeah. This game will be won for us. Obviously, we're going to put up points. I would hope that we would put up points, but defensively, can we get pressure? Can we cover long enough? Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, if I'm them, I've seen enough jump balls from Evan Stewart. I've seen en- I've seen us lose enough jump balls. Third and four, toss it up. <laughs> Throw it up, yeah. I mean, do it over and over again. The way we'd be Auburn in twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. throwing I mean, up,
0: yeah. jump balls to Callaway and mainly Jennings. I mean, yeah. jump ball
1: city. So
0: uh, that's, that's home, what though.
1: I would do. Yeah. So I, I, a couple of reasons more why I like this to be a win here, but there's some, there's some. I, I will feel more worried as this gets closer, but there's some concern right now.
0: Obviously, yeah, yeah. And this is my first toss up. Um, from the re, for, from the re, realistic point of view, if I could talk, uh, which is a big challenge always, but the bye week, like you said, comes at a perfect time. If you beat South Carolina, if you're undefeated at that point, there's really only one or two spots that would be better. If you know, again, you handle your business leading up to it. Um, the optimist in me says absolutely Tennessee's going to win. I'm not saying we're going to kill them, but I'm saying they've got a lot of problems to fix. Wagman needs consistency. They lose their my gosh, their entire offense from last year in A-Chain, I think it was. Yeah, A-Chain's gone. So they've got a lot to figure out with the ground game. They do have receiver weapons that should scare anyone. Um, But Petrino's new. That's going to be polarizing and potentially divisive if it's not managed well. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they stumble out of the gate, Tennessee's absolutely going to win this game. But certainly a chance to lose it. I'm going to lean win here, though, because basically just continuing what we've been saying, the momentum at that point. The, I mean, the bye week leading up to it, coming back home, um, all the or being still being at home, all those things.
1: Which is crazy because on paper, that roster is arguably
0: better. Dude, it's, I mean, it's, it's arguably much better. better. This is a playoff roster is what's so bad about what they did last year. Of course, that talent was young last year, but it's a playoff roster is what it is. And Jimbo's just not giving anybody confidence enough to say that uh, with a straight face. Um, very you know, very many reasons here lately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So after that, we'll be in
1: Tuscaloosa. And when I say we, I mean we we'll be there. You and
0: I, yes.
1: And I just want to go ahead and say this for those who are listening. I mean, they're the same man, this this episode is dragging out. Whatever. Shut up, hit like and subscribe. Exactly. We bought tickets to this game simply because I want to see this venue. I don't think we're gonna win this game. I got it as a loss. I'll just going and tell you now. Got it as a loss, but I want to see this venue and I wanna see it on fire. I wanna see I want to see these dudes angry. Like yeah. this And they this, should be. Brighton is gonna be wild. There, there might not be any shirts. <laughs> yeah. No shirts.
0: No right? shirts. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A loss if, for me. And think about if, if the teams come in undefeated again. I mean how 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 on fire it could be, you know. And we've got yeah. Tennessee coming into this game undefeated. Alabama, Texas will be a test. You know, they're probably they're talented enough like like AM, except the youth factor that AM experiences. And uh I would I would even put more faith in Alabama's quarterback position than AM because of the issues they had and the instability there for for Patrino uh, Petrino and and Jimbo. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I do have it as a toss up. It's not like a it's not a loss like we'll get to in a minute down the down the schedule. Uh it's probably a loss. There's a scenario for sure where Tennessee could compete and win this game again if Tennessee has caught true momentum. If if the culture is so good and the guys are so good that they're just going to keep doing what's been done, there's a chance for a win for sure. I've got this as a probable loss, though.
1: So. Yeah, I think you're going to see a whole different Alabama. Nick Saban just went on record saying, we asked too much of Bryce. So <sighs> you're about to see, which is crazy because he's Bryce yeah. Young, right? Yeah. Well, you're about to see a, a much more run-heavy offense out of Alabama. They're going to get back to all the things that they were doing and the – early 2010s, mid-2010s, up until what, Tua? Yeah, probably Tua, I would say. When they really started to introduce some RPO stuff. Not yeah. saying that they won't do that, but you're just going to see a lot more. Is its is it three yards in a cloud of dust, four yards in a cloud of dust? <laughs> I mean, because for Alabama, it was like first down in a cloud of dust, right? And just turning the chains. So yeah. Uh, my question there is, because of that, can we stop the run? I don't think we're going to be good at defending the run game in twenty three as we were in twenty two. Uh, I think we're gonna feel the loss of Jeremy Banks there. You could tell the difference. Okay. I mean, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need to, to see some stuff out of Keenan Pilly before you know I, I give an assessment here, but until then I'm gonna say when Banks was on the field, we were not as good defending the run. We just weren't.
0: Okay. Uh I'm gonna go with that. There's there's definitely some truth to that, but I'm gonna go with there's also the chance for addition by subtraction at that position. Um, the wild sure. card that Banks could be the the monster that Beasley was to end the season last year, not just the Orange Bowl. Yes, um, you know if he steps up as a leader and says, "Look, guys, what I'm doing, this is the norm. This is how it's going to be." Yeah, the, the talent is is increased there. The experience of Peely, yeah, you know I'm. I'm going to say there's a chance for, for addition by subtraction there. I mean, you lose some unathletic guys that have aged out of the program as well. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a chance for that, but I'm not going to worry about that one quite as much as as you may.
1: I hear you, and I agree. I think that's very possible. I also want to tell our listeners that I'm, for the most part, I'm keeping the Orange Bowl and what happened that night out of my mind. I'm not really assessing Joe Milton. I'm not really assessing oh, yeah. uh, uh, Aaron Beasley, de- depending on that night. I'm going to go by more of the 12 games, what we saw. And I like Beasley much more in pass coverage and in uh, sideline to sideline more than I do filling the A gap and the B gap consistently. Yeah, And Banks was really good at that. He was really good at blowing it up. Yeah. Um, not that I disagree with you because I could I could totally see that. But until I do see that, I'm going to have to lean this way. I got you. So you got this no, as got a you. loss.
0: I do have it as a loss. One other thing that I want to throw in, I know we're going forever on this, but fine. it's, it is fun and fun to me that Alabama is going back to this route after Jameer Gibbs, after some of the guys that they have had, of course they've got Jace McClellan. Of course they've got the five-star freshman that everyone's doing and eye on over. But it is funny to me that they're going back to a run game and a more heavy run game, you know, after some of the guys that they have, not that they didn't run it then, but still it's funny to me. Yeah. That's that's completely
1: fair, and it's it's also. Let me think about this. How do I word this? What is of note in this style that they're returning to is what is in their backfield. Yeah, Jace McCollum doesn't scare me all that much. Uh, I like him. I think he's. I think he's capable of being a a a thousand yard rusher. You know. Yeah. But as far as like uh, top speed, Gibbs is gone. You know. Yes. I mean, he's he's a, nice, he's a nice little build of, of everything, right, McCollum? Yeah. But until then, uh, and what's the kid? It's
0: the kid out of Buford that you're referencing, right? The five star kid? Yeah. I just can't think of his freaking name right now. I don't know. I'm he, just. He was doing a farmer's carry, and, you know, people were like, oh my God, Derek, oh
1: never seen a farmer's carry before.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Not to disrespect the kid, but yeah, I'm sorry. I've, I've done some farmer's carry in my days. <laughs> <sighs>
1: And it, and it magically grew your hair.
0: Exactly. That's all I got out of it. It's, it's what's up with that? I mean.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, moving on. Let's get on. to
0: the back after the schedule. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm yes. killing us.
1: No, you're good. You're good. Moving on. So that's going to lead us to uh, back-to-back road games. Now we're traveling to Kroger Field, Lexington, Kentucky. What's Going to
0: get some groceries, <laughs> uh, So th- this is like the one bad spot of the schedule. Um, where you go, by week, A and M should be physical at Alabama. They're going to be out for blood, and then you go at Kentucky, and they have a chance to be one of those really good versions of themselves. Like where they should be, they should be top fifteen. They should be one loss, two loss, maybe at this point of the season if things are clicking. Mm-hmm. Now that they play Georgia in before Tennessee, so I'm going to say they have a loss. Okay, but they don't do much else that that worries you, like Alabama. They're going to be coming off of Ole Miss, AM, some variation of that leading up to the Tennessee game. Kentucky, it's it's much lighter for Kentucky. It goes just to look over to it real quick. Uh, they actually have a bye week. They have Missouri at home before the bye. That's and then they're they're coming home from from Georgia at mm-hmm. that point. So it sets up a lot better for them. The issue with that is that it hasn't mattered historically how this game sets up for them. Tennessee, they've got They've got three wins since Mm -hmm. they 2011, they've got 2017, and they've got 2020. Those were Mm -hmm. the absolute worst Tennessee teams that we've seen in, my God, forever. Mm -hmm. They've never been able to maintain a streak out of it. They've never capitalized on Tennessee being down all that much. I mean, they've, of course, got things to like about them. I'm just not going to say that Tennessee's losing that game until it happens. It's much like the Florida streak has been. Of course, I'm breaking that again this year, but I'm going to say it's a Tennessee win. Until I don't. Even the young receivers that there are to like, they weren't a threat last year. They had a guy that was supposed to be the number one overall pick at quarterback last year. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's a loss until it really is. Fair. But you're gonna say something different. Mm,
1: I'm gonna say something different.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Let me tell you why. So I got this
1: as a loss. Simply because, two reasons. One, I think that Bama game is a loss, and I think it's one of those cases where it can just kind of take the wind out of ourselves, and back-to-back road games. The second reason I don't like it is because Kentucky has a bye before us. Yeah. I like Devin Leary way more than I like Will Levis. Goodness, yes. Here's the main reason I'm saying that this is a loss. <clears throat> I am convinced that we're going to go nine and three. Okay. I'm convinced that one of those losses is Bama. I'm going to go ahead and say it and convince that the other loss is Georgia. What? Yeah, right. <laughs> Where is the other one? I don't really see it being Florida. I don't. No. I think it can be. Don't. I really don't see it being South Carolina, even though it can be. Same thing with Tamu. I just feel like this Kentucky one is almost like the perfect setup for that third loss, if you will. So yeah, there's a lot of things that I like about us in this matchup. I think we can outscore them, but I, yeah. I'm convinced we're going nine and three. I'm just convinced. Okay. And I've got to put a third loss somewhere. And so yeah.
0: this one makes the most sense. No, that, that, that does make sense. It's funny because I have the perception myself that we are going to go nine and three, but So far, it's setting up for us to go 10-2. I don't know if I'm going to end up saying that or not. But, yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, There's part of me that'll be shocked if Devin Leary is in one piece at this point of the schedule, depending on how their offensive line develops, and it needs to take some major, major strides from last year when it almost got Will Levis killed. uh, And I've been told he's a transformer, that he's invincible. Yeah, Um, But, yeah, I mean, they have such offensive line issues. They do have a new running back, but it's not like when they used to have two and three options and Chris Rodriguez, Benny Snell, Kavassie Smoke. Mm-hmm. It's it's one guy to me, Raymond Davis from Vanderbilt, who is a good back. But again, the receivers that are so talented are just going to be sophomores. I mean, yeah, Liam Cohen's back, but all they did before was throw it to Wendell Robinson. So it's like, what's he going to do that they haven't done before? You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. We'll see. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll be happy to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> happy to be wrong. If if this unfolds the way that I have it down, I love the placement of this UConn game, which is next. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before Mizzou, uh, obviously I have this as a win. Couldn't tell you a single thing about the Huskies more than other than where they're located. And Jim Mora Jr. Oh my gosh, they couldn't have told you that either. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a win.
0: Yeah, dub dub dub.
1: And it's almost like a like a hey, let's get things right.
0: Yeah, let's let's finish strong.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get healthy, get right, all mm-hmm. the things. At Mizzou,
0: my question so, about... Oh, go ahead. I'm oh, Sorry, no, no, you you go.
1: I was just gonna say, if things don't go well for him, is he even employed at this point?
0: No, if they if in Missouri, you know this this is a do or die year for a guy that likes to run his trap, a guy that likes to come across like like Beamer comes across and things like that. They have at they're at Georgia the week before they host us. I mean, that is brutal. Um, they do have a bye week before that, but it's like the losses could stack up. They draw LSU from the West. That is a brutal start. And if they're five hundred or below, I mean, seriously, why are they continuing to to take up their time with Drinkwitz when there's probably a number of guys that can do at least what he's doing, if not more yeah um, so yeah, I, at this point it's a it's a question for me of is he still employed like you said? I don't love the placement of going to Missouri in when this will be November eleventh. So it's gonna be chilly up there, not favorable. They'll probably make it a night game. They might try to capture some of that magic that they have from the Georgia almost upset last year. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like Kentucky. I mean, we've scored sixty points on these guys in two years where we used to really sub our toe with these guys. We used to really struggle. Yeah, I mean Missouri was was our breakthrough game in 2021 when we had the issues of Joe Van Hinden in 2021. We had all these other question marks, and we broke through with 28 points in the first quarter against Missouri. So I mean, I'm just not going to worry too much about them. I know that it's a a little bit of a tricky spot before Georgia. All eyes will be on Georgia, um, but I I still I think I'm going to go with what we've got over Luther Burden and Eli Drinkwitz.
1: Yep, I hear you, Dub City. Yeah. Dub. Yep. Georgia.
0: I don't want to spend Georgia, a lot of time here. <laughs> let's not. Let's not. It's a loss for me. It is a loss for me. Um now we said the same about Alabama last year. The problem is Georgia is just reloading the way that Alabama used to. And yeah. not that Alabama's quit, but man, they're gonna be good. I think the quarterback could be an improvement. I mean, I think I said could that be. before. Could be. Weapon City offensively, reload city defensively. I mean, I just don't see the chance for Tennessee to do this unless things go awfully wrong at Georgia. I mean, hoped I would love to be wrong, but
1: I hope there's other fan bases listening to this when I'm with what I'm about to say. I don't care where that game was played last year. It could have been played on the moon. We would have lost just the same. It wasn't due to grass. It wasn't due to the time of day. It was due to the fact that basically they said, if you're going to beat us, you're going to do have to do it one-on-one across the board. And our guys are better than yours. And they were, and you know what? That hasn't changed. Their guys one-on-one across the board are better. They were getting pressure. They were, yeah, they were getting pressure with three and four. We couldn't, we couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. They they were one-on-one coverage. Couldn't, couldn't beat it. Uh, So, until that changes, it's a loss. Agreed. We wrecked the ship. See what I did there? I did. And we beat Vandy. <laughs> I did see
0: what you know. Did. I didn't even, all these others, I've got at least a W, a, a T slash U, or an L. I forgot yeah. to mark anything down. It's a dub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a win. So you, you have us at, gosh, that's 10 and 2, man.
0: I've got us at 10 and 2. Uh, there's perhaps some Kool-Aid in my refrigerator. I don't know, you know.
1: I would say there's Kool Aid in the refrigerator, yeah.
0: but we could argue that even at nine and three, that there's Kool Aid in the refrigerator with all the Tennessee losses.
1: Yes. Okay. So let's, Loses, get, into my God. let's get into that. This is going to set up well for the best case, worst case. Yes, it okay. is set up really, really well. Do you want to do you want to lead this off, or you want me to do it? No, I want you to. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So here's why. Ultimately, why I think we're going to land up end up at a nine and three spot. All this hype around Joe, I just don't think he's going to hit that. I don't think he's going to hit. Hit hit the hype. I think he's going to be serviceable. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be hooker. Um, Gosh, no. But the 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 best case, the the absolute best thing that could happen to us is Joe gets it between the ears. Yes, just clicks for him. I mean, he's he's not thinking. Yeah, uh, sorry, he's not overthinking. Yeah, um, he he knows what's going on, and maybe the Orange Bowl is an indicator of that, and everything that we're hearing in the offseason is an indicator of that. Yeah. Until then. I'm. I, I cannot get the overthrows in my mind from from Pitt. Like Cedric Tillman's running down the seam, got his dude beat by five five yards. Yeah, and he's overthrown by fifteen. Yeah. Okay. But if he gets it together, the best case scenario is eleven and one in my mind. Yes, I think, I think we hit a ceiling of eleven and one. I've went ahead and spilled too much there. I think we hit a oh, ceiling. Of 11. I think I. I we go toe to toe with George. I'm not gonna say we beat him, but I mean we're yeah. we're, we're in the mix of it. I think yeah. I think he I think he brings or he has that much potential. Oh yeah, I mean, I just don't. I, 100% know, agree. I just don't know that it's gonna be that the case. So my yeah. worst case scenario is almost just the opposite. It just doesn't click. Yeah, you know we get this 2021 version, but it's a worse situation if it is. Yes, it is. Who's behind him? And it's not yeah. Hinden Hooker, right? No. Uh, it's Nico. He's not ready. Who's not? He's not ready. Why um, not? So, with that said, if it doesn't click in his mind, if it, if he get, doesn't get it between his ears, Joe doesn't, I don't think he's going to be sat. I don't think he's benched just because of who's, who's going to play behind him, right? So, the worst case scenario in my mind is Joe gets hurt and Nico I gotcha. has to play. It's I not. Gotcha. Option, and yes, Nico's a five star. Yes, he can do this. Yes, I don't care. Too soon, in my mind, it's too soon. So I gotcha. Uh, with that said, I think if if the worst case scenario happens, I think we're staring at a floor of eight and four.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on the floor. Um, the best case at, is that he can continues to, uh, and I'm going to say continues to have a changeup up because it, the last we saw of him was not the the same 100-mile-an-hour fastball, the same level of overthrows. The one thing I like about the Clemson game, not that I'm completely writing it off or that I'm putting 100% stock in it, but the thing that I like about it is is it took us a while in that game to actually break through. We hit a pass early to Squirrel. It was a while before we did a whole lot else through the air or even really offensively because guess what? They're still a pretty good team. And yeah. we we were without a lot that day. Yeah. I would say we were without more than they were without that day. So, yeah. the, you know, again, the things that I like is er, the the best case is that Joe really develops that change up, that he really has – we really see three years' worth now of chemistry with Ramel Keaton, of being in the room with Dante Thornton and Squirrel White, who he's already got a connection with. I mean, is is he going to look at Squirrel White the way that Hendon looked at Cedric Tillman? Is, that is one of my questions because – boy, he can hit that guy and, and squirrel is mm-hmm. fast. So those mm-hmm. are some of my best-case scenarios. You obviously need some guys to break through on the offensive line um, and at receiver. You know, you do have Bruce McCoy back as well. You've got guys back, but we we can't be sitting here going, where's Cedric? Where's Jalen Hyatt? We can't be saying that. I think that would be the worst case if we don't get that that, you know, continued production at receiver. And the way that I said it, because I'm basically right there with you, is if Joe is Joe uncool, whereas Burrow is Joe cool. If Joe is that uncool, rattled guy, like, you know, he's so big, but you can still kind of see it when he gets when he takes sacks of like, I had nowhere to go. There was absolutely nothing to do. Are we seeing that? Mm-hmm. Is he not taking off if, you know, two or three seconds of <laughs> of guys running routes and being down the field, is he sitting there waiting? I mean, those are the things that I think would be the the worst case. Uh, Nobody steps up on the offensive line and then your defense is the same old defense, if not a little bit worse, I think are your worst case, but still even that said, I think eight and four is your floor. And I'm with you there. I don't, I don't see a a best case. That's 12 and 0. 11 and one best case.
1: So your ceiling's 12 and 0. No, no, no. no, You're saying you don't. don't. I got you. 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 So the floor is eight and four. Oh, so we're spot on. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Hey, let's, let's wrap this conversation up with, um, who's our liability what is our liability what's the I, th- I think this is pretty easy <laughs> yeah
0: yeah for me um, we
1: spent the, the top of the episode talking about it
0: I, I guess the question is if your secondary is your liability does that mean that your your front seven is also a liability because teams are just having that much time to expose them you know what I mean that's that's the one place I can't really uh, to to get my mind off of is 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 the defensive line, is the edge position? Are those guys a liability, or is it in the middle that we don't have that depth that you need mm-hmm. to be someone that could go eleven and 12 and zero all the time? You know, yeah. you got Omari Thomas. Everybody's talking about Bryce Eason, but like, what if there's an injury there? What if they're what if they don't come to play on a, on a day and the run game is there through the middle? I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. those. I guess that's what leads me to the secondary. It's like. Yeah, if, if, if they have to cover for, you know, a split second because we're getting pressure, sure. But if, if it's the same as last year, I mean, it's gonna be the secondary still, I think.
1: Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. What about security? What 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 position group or person makes you feel like oh, okay, we're good here? You know it's the receiver position. I think
0: the receiver position has more potential than the the group that won a Bolitnikov for the first time last year. Mm-hmm. Because of the depth, because of the multitude of guys that have I'm not gonna say Jalen Hyatt's speed, but they have a lot of speed and Squirrel and Thornton. They talk about Brew being in the best shape that he's been in. That's that's kind of scary to think about when you think about all he did last year. Ramel Keaton, they say, is the hardest worker on the offense. So it's like, where's your weakness there? Which I have a, a question for you in a minute that I want to throw at you, but I want to hear your strength first before we get to that. Uh,
1: it's it's weird. I, I, I totally agree with the room, but I, I'm, I'm honing in on Brew himself. He's just feels like a safety blanket to me. He's he, a guy who yeah. can do it all. Can can we get a – do we need short yardage? Uh, expect a expect a jet, you know, with Brew. Uh, do we need to toss it up? Brew can do toss that. Brew. You know, do we – I mean, there's, there's several things that he can do. Um, his hands, I love his hands. Um, what concerns me is, obviously, he doesn't have that top-end speed, so he's going to be easier to overthrow. Right. But that's a chemistry yeah. thing that he and, and Joe and all those guys have to have to work out, uh, which is another reason for my first. Like if Joe gets hurt, like, oh, gosh.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. dear.
1: Oh, dear. Might not even be eight and four. Eight and yeah, four you're might, right. Eight and four might be the ceiling. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so specifically, Brew.
0: OK. The question that I want to throw at you is if you're the coordinator of the your offense coordinator, your head coach are you are you changing up what we've done in terms of being so three wide one tied in are you putting four of these guys on the field how are you managing a room that has I mean at least at minimum you've got four with Thornton squirrel brew ramel but you've got guys behind I mean are you sticking with the three and the tight end because there's also options there that are really exciting so how are you what are you doing are you changing things up from what we've seen to do or are you you're gonna stick with it
1: that's the thing I like about this offense. It it actually a lot of people are not considering this. It demands a lot of the tight end position. You have yeah. to be you have to be able to do a lot. Yeah. Uh, with that said, I'm going three wide with the tight end. Uh, okay. On it, but, and because I like the tight end element in the run game, I also like Jacob Warren's ability to you know catch the ball. I mean he's 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 a bigger safety net in my mind. Yeah. Know, that that is brew. So. I, I'm continuing to do that, and and I love her. I mean, as, as deep as the uh, those receivers as you're talking about and getting those guys' rotations and stuff, there's several guys in the backfield that I want to have touches. Yeah, I want for sure. I want Wright getting touches, small getting touches. I want Samson getting touches. Yeah. So, cool. um, I, ain't, I ain't messing with it, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's, an, that's another thing. If, if pass pro were to be equal, it won't be. Some of the running backs are going to be better than the others, but – if Pass Pro is created equals in 2023, I want Jalen Wright, number one. I think I want Samson and, and small one B, uh, or mm-hmm. two, two and two yeah. A, if you will. Yeah. I think I want to save Javari Small for some of those times where you need that bigger body, that okay. that that big frame on that short guy. Uh, because obviously he's not he's not holding up all that well in full seasons of, you know, getting some of those first touches that well. Um, but yeah, to your point about the tight ends. It's hard not to be excited about that position. McKellen Classels or McCollin McCollin
1: McClellan. 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 I don't even yeah. know.
0: He, MC he Castle's. He's huge, man. I mean, that's a big guy right there with with some who can run. So yeah. Very exciting. And then the future of that position is just Ethan Davis. Danny, it's 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 Okoye or the young man that joined really Emmanuel Okoye some. joined super late and Ethan Davis. So I mean, it's a very exciting position. All the pass catchers Wide receivers included. So excited about that!
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. Uh, well, this has been a long one, so we're going to go ahead and land this plane. Uh, yes, but there. hopefully, if you're a Tennessee fan, you have thoroughly enjoyed it. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, any closing thoughts?
0: You know, I, I know we're practicing, and it's vital time. It can't get over with soon enough.
1: I'm telling you, man. Dude, I'm telling you, man. I will Joe. say this. I will say this though. If Joe. Milton is Tennessee's first Heisman winner.
0: Wow, oh, that'd be so epic.
1: Oh, for guys like Peyton and Hendon. Okay.
0: That would be so epic.
1: Just just hey, the people listening. I'm not predicting that. Just making a joke. It's, I'd put my annual salary saying it's not gonna happen. So Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Not gonna happen. I got him at nine and three. He's got him at ten and two. Woo! I'm here for it. Hey, we love you guys. Thanks for hanging out. This has been Pandemonium Rains. Make sure you hit like, subscribe. Tell your mama, your daddy, your grandma, your pa, your your best friends, your, your the, the person you're standing next to in the stall who you've never met before. There's always that awkward silence when you stand together. Tell them about Pandemonium Rains. All right. Uh, we love you guys. God bless. Go boss. GBO.